Welcome to Rebels Recap. Your Rebels on you? Join Robin Vogt, Scott Inch, and Brian Fontaine as they break down the animated universe of a galaxy far, far away. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to Rebels Recap here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. And as you can hear in my voice, it's a little bit more somber than usual. Of course, sitting across the pond from me on this episode is my good friend, Mr. Scott Inch. Across the pond in Scotland. Scott, how's it going this evening, my friend? It's going well, and it's it's a bit sad because we're talking about the final episode of Rebels. Mm, it's uh, quite a somber time here at the Rebels Recap crew. Of course, sitting across from me also is Mr. Brian Fontaine. Brian, boy, what a time, what a time. We knew when we started this show a year or two ago, or whenever it was, we knew this time was coming, Robin and Scott. I know we're kind of a little bummed by it. I don't know. It, it was, I feel very satisfied by it. We'll kind of talk about it as we kind of go through the episode and, and whatnot. But the, it didn't hit me the first time watching it. I, I had to get up. I've talked about it before. I have to watch it through Apple iTunes and I have to watch it the following morning. So right. I was kind of like, you know, Jim Carrey. And Dumb and Dumber kind of like, la, 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 don't want to hear anything spoiler related. And I, I was able to stay clear of everything. But first thing, Tuesday morning, I got up really early, like you did, Scott, watched it. And I just, I just like you guys, when we go into the first viewing of any of the episodic films or the Star Wars stories films in the theater, the first the first episode, you just like, I got to I got to take it all in. I got to figure out what's going on here. And I was trying to analyze it. Instead of just sitting back and being a fan like I have for pretty much almost the entire series, but there's something about knowing that it's it's finite. It's this is the end. And I watched it again this morning, just uh, in uh, preparation for our chat tonight, and I was bawling through the whole epilogue at the end. Mm. So uh. it's it it hit all the right notes, and yeah, let's just get into it. Yeah. So Scott, I I think the biggest thing with Ending, of course, Star Wars Rebels. Of course, it's ending here on this final fourth season here. It's been such a pleasure doing this format here at BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network, being able to discuss Star Wars Rebels. And Scott, I think the, the big thing coming out of this season, and of course it being the last season, is the emotional impact that this show has left on us. Throughout, I mean, just in these core episodes, I know we're not necessarily going to break down these physical episodes, but it's more of what these episodes gave to us uh, emotionally. I know, Scott, you and I talked about it ahead of time. These episodes did something really special for the fans, and it was hard not to cry throughout these, <laughs> throughout any part of these episodes. Yeah, I mean, like Brian, I was bawling and crying watching it the first time around with the, the last two minutes, and I was like, oh my god, this is it. That, you know, it's, it's just been a roller coaster of emotions through this last episode. You knew it was coming to the end. You knew that you wanted it to be hyped up and spectacular. Like, Filoni always delivers on season finales. Every episode, every season finale it's been, or series finale now, he's delivered. And it's just a roller coaster of emotions. And just, you know, Hera kind of, still kind of grieving for Kanan, but still continuing on the mission. Ezra kind of, Knowing now what he had to do, mm-hmm. um, and just seeing the just seeing his full interaction with the emperor, and the moment where he's like, 
choosing where to be with his parents or not be with his parents. That was that was emotional. You mm-hmm. could just see the emotion. I was getting emotional that bit. Um, but yeah, there's, this entire season has just been a more kosher rush and was losing Kanan and a few episodes ago and then just coming into this, it was just like, oh my God, I, I can't take it anymore. Hey, Brian, that's one of the things that I, I have to say is that where there were so many emotions packed into this, Scott said it beautifully, there were certain aspects of this, I guess you could say combo of episodes, well, you know, obviously leading up to the end of this series. I, I totally agree. The Emperor was such a big portion. We've always wondered, when does he come into the picture? And Brian, I, I'm going to ask you, what was that experience like for you? Of course, I, I didn't really get into Star Wars Rebels until much later. Finally got caught up after a while. But it was it was quite an experience finally seeing these tie-ins to everything that we've loved about Star Wars and finally having that experience with this series. Wow. Yeah, no, there was... I, I thought it just was done so well. I don't know if you guys felt like this too, but when we had the, the hologram of the Emperor and, and they talked about it in Rebels Recon, uh, Joel Aaron, and they were talking about lighting... Uh, with Palpatine and under, you know, under lighting for when he's the, you know, the, uh, the emperor, but then, you know, top lighting, regular lighting when, you know, when we see, you know, essentially Chancellor Palpatine and it, it almost a throwback to the Clone War series. And you can see why people were duped by this guy. He's, he's just likable. I mean, he's a Sith Lord. He can, he's manipulating people. So I thought that part was really cool, but there's so many, like, we talked about it the last time out with The World Between Worlds, and you saw it in this episode, too, just kind of almost like the echoes of the Force. Mm. And I, I can't remember, and I, for the life of me, every time we do Rebels recap, and I always want to give credit, and I wish I would write this stuff down, because I'm getting old and I forget things, <laughs> but somebody on Twitter had shown a picture of Snoke essentially having Ray almost doubled over with the force and they put it side by side with the Royal Imperial guard that showed up (laughs) and had Ezra kind of almost in a similar, uh, you know, position there too. And I think that was really cool just to see, you know, the Imperial guard and to see them in action without all the cloaks on. And I know they have a really big following in, in fandom. If, you know, if that's your thing and, you know, they're not necessarily my favorite thing, but I, I think that was really cool. And we continued to see, you know, the death troopers and on the subtitles were usually referred to as the Thrawn troopers. So, yeah, I, I'm all over the place. There was just so much packed in here. You know, Robin, I want to throw it back over to you. Mm-hmm. Not only did this tie a bow on the series, I feel like, but it almost felt like it was Rebels greatest hits. And mm-hmm. we saw everybody that's ever been anything with Ketsu and Hondo and Hondo was just a, he was an all-star in this up, these couple episodes here. I think he made it. Yeah. Now that you mentioned the greatest hits idea, you know, I I just came up with the episode title for this. Now that's what I call star Wars rebels season four. It's almost like an embodiment of everything that we've seen with this series, everything that Dave Filoni has brought to it. We saw each one of our characters, which is what we want in Star Wars when we're talking about wrapping things up and we're talking about preferably putting things on the shelf, which obviously we saw here. It's just putting a fine tune on these, on these characters and saying, yep, this is the journey that they've been through. This is everything coming back together, elements of the beginning of this, of the series and elements of everything else throughout. And 
again, I think it was great that Hondo showed up in this. I think that that's, again, taking that piece of the Clone Wars that Dave Filoni uh, really, really wanted in this series. I talked about it with Caden Stetler of Rebel Cause, Rebel Chatter. Dave Filoni wanted to accomplish more with Clone Wars. And Star Wars Rebels gave him the pathway to say, you know what? There were things that I wish element-wise that I could have brought into Clone Wars, and now I get to do that here with Star Wars Rebels. Scott, I feel like Dave Filoni was able to take that to the next level here, not just throughout the entire series, but at the end here, just to say, hey guys, I accomplished what I wanted to, and guess what? I'm going to accomplish even more down the road, because that's how he left it. Yeah, he left it open-ended, even though he tied everything up, but he did leave it open-ended. In the Clone Wars, it was cancelled before he even had a chance to do what he wanted to do. Um, so this was his opportunity to do the show that he wanted and tie it all together. Well, you and I had always talked about Robin about canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tied Clone Wars and the Rebels together, made canon stronger that way. Brian and even the Clone Troopers, Gregor, yes. and etc. Brian Eman. I mean, I got emotional when he died. Yeah, it was Gregor that did die. I get confused with the wrong. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I got emotional when he died. Leaving it open-ended, I feel, and we all know, what, the minute that happened, when we saw uh, Sabine saying she knew what she had to do, we got, everybody even knew about it, even, well, kind of guessed, and even at the panel they had for the Q&A for the live, for the show and at the press screen kind of thing, they, somebody, was it the guy from Scrubs, Donald Fleeson? Hmm. He played Turk, say yeah. that we're going to have that Ahsoka and Sabine storyline. Mm. Like, is that going to be the next spin-off? I think that's going to be the next spin-off. And, and that brings up a really, really interesting point. And before, before I get too emotional here, guys, Brian, I think one of the outlining things and what's been the discussion of the community, obviously, um, and if you're listening to this, I hope you've, you've watched it. <laughs> please, please go back and watch it if you haven't. But one of the outlining things with this ending to the series is again, exactly how Filoni wanted to wrap this thing up, preferably putting the bow on the top of this thing. Brian, that last, I mean, just even the last five minutes of what Filoni gave us at the end of the season and at the conclusion of rebels was just so emotionally packed. I can say it now, ah- Ahsoka and Sabine are in the picture for the long run. And it's such an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. And the minute I, the minute I saw Ahsoka come back on, I was like, Chris Letty is going to lose his mind and so quick, it's not even funny. <laughs> well, I tweeted too. I was like, I want to see the Ahsoka and Sabine uh, buddy cop yes. thing. Uh-huh. Finding Ezra better than Ezra. That take on that one hip wonder band in the 90s. <laughs> Showing my age again. Yeah, they was just, it was so good. I mean... You know, I know we're just jumping all over the place here, too. Mm-hmm. I thought, Scott, I thought Filoni did great. With, you talked about uh, Gregor. And there was enough weight, but they, there wasn't... Mm-hmm. The stakes The stakes were high, but they didn't have to off everybody. And, I, and you yeah. mentioned it, too, Robin, that they, they found a place for everybody. That, you know, Gregor... Um, we thought Melch did it, mm. but he came back, which I thought that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Governor Governor Price. Yeah. And yeah. those were the only two, right? Of of note. Of note, yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Rick Rick died. Did he not oh, die? Uh, oh yeah. Rock. Yeah, that was that was a good one. I thought he had a he had it coming a couple episodes ago, but I was mm. glad that it was Zeb, the, the one that finally uh, pushed him off. So I thought he hung around a couple episodes too much, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no minor minor gripe. You know, it was kind of funny. I was just thinking back to the conversation the three of us had the last time out, and outside of our like random like, well, we thought Vader was going to show up. I thought we did pretty good prediction wise. Yeah. You know, we said Ezra was going to make, you know, the 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 ultimate sacrifice. And, you know, I'm kind of eating crow a little bit. And I didn't think that the payoff of freeing Lothal would be big enough, but apparently it was. <laughs> right. You know, that's one of the cool things, too, about doing these is, you know, it's it's fun to be right, make, you know, guesses that end up turning out. But, you know, it's equally humbling as well to know that we really don't know anything after all. But I don't know. Let's let's talk about. Well, actually, I, I one more gripe out of the way here, too. Mm-hmm. So. And we talked about this pre-show, so I know Scott's why Scott's already laughing. But so when the Pergos show up, and mm-hmm. I thought it was great that in Rebels Recon they mentioned like, hey, they they know people in the fandom talk about filler episodes, and it was funny because one of the ultimate filler episodes ended up being the one with the ultimate payoff with the Pergos right. showing up. <laughs> kind of like gotcha. But so Thrawn and Ezra have the long-awaited showdown, and. So the Purgle crashed through the the Star Destroyer bridge and are hugging Thrawn and they go to hyperspace. Guys, I, I, when it happened, I'm like, OK, well, they just got sucked into the vacuum of space. I mean, they just shattered all the windows. <laughs> they just went to hyperspace. There's no oxygen. I know this is a fantasy show, but so we, my headcanon is that the Purgle all let go and the ray shields kind of came up and cut off the, uh, you know, the space and the vacuum of space coming into the the bridge there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, for, for, for them to survive, I would I would hope that there there has to be something there. Obviously, well, Filoni Filo- already said they yeah. would survive. Well, he said that, that. Yeah. I think last Jedi just explained it for us. How so? Yeah, but that's only for like. 15 to 20 seconds they they went to hyperspace a lot to the outer rim probably yeah scott are you uh, suggesting that ezra pulled the mary poppins possibly <laughs> nice little plug there for another disney property but yeah no you guys are right i mean it's like there were little things there and i love it that dave filoni just came out i was like guys they're fine they're fine don't worry about it they're out there they're oh if he thing. did not say that people would have been burning stuff down <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Pitch works out with his film. We want answers. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I, I think that, and I, I go back to this every time, guys. With Thrawn specifically, we've been talking about ever since he came back and he became part of season three, it was like, wow, they're bringing Thrawn into the picture. What is going to be the ultimate direction of this guy? Scott, you and I talk about him all the time on talking far, far away, what's going to be the canon direction with this guy? And then we see, obviously, that he survives these events. The The novels have been pretty much keeping up with the modern canon of Thrawn, you could say. And then Ezra is now basically saying, all right, I'm taking you with me wherever I go, uh, um, into the unknown regions, wherever they end up going. I, I My ultimate question is, is that I, I was wondering how they were going to take Thrawn, not not necessarily out of the picture, 
but extend him even more so that the novels could keep going and we could have more stories about Thrawn. And I thought that that was, you know, as much as we laugh about it and as much as it's such a great little humorous twist to say like, oh, well, you know, there's so many different elements to this show that kind of uh, make us wonder. It's like, okay, this was a very unique way of sending Thrawn off and saying, you know what, we're going to do more with this guy, putting him on the shelf through the, through the tentacles of, uh, of space whales. Uh, it's not the way that I thought it was going to go. And Brian, I think it's, it's telling of what Star Wars is all about, finding new ways of approaching these stories. It was funny, like, you know, we, we talked about it last time too, Scott, and I was like, in my wildest imagination, I don't know how they're going to wrap it up. And, you know, obviously we know that they liberate Lothal, and, like, the epilogue with Tia Sakar, you know, Sabine Wren narrating that was some of the best Star Wars oh. that we've seen. And the fact that they allowed Kevin Kiner and the the audio crew at, at Lucasfilm to go into the go into the vault and just use John Williams. And it was so good. I mean, that's the part this morning when I rewatched it again, it just hit me. And you see you see Hera and Jason. And if you look at the subtitles, it's J A C and mm-hmm. not you know, so that's that was a nice little, uh, you know, homage to Legends a little bit there. Obviously, nothing related at all, but other than just the first name. And you see, you know, Zeb and Callus, and you, you see all these other different things. But I think the thing that they did, it was very uh, under the radar. But the fact that they didn't try to tie it into the Battle of Scarif, they just said, screw it, we're going to go right to the Battle of Endor. That's right. And and it allowed us to not use our imaginations all that much to say, like, okay, well, what really did happen in between there? Obviously, we knew the Rebels stayed on Lethal to make sure that the Empire didn't come back. Now, was it the most exciting time in the world? Probably not. But, you know, again, kids show. But it allowed us to take these characters and know that they've exist. They now exist post Return of the Jedi. And you, you mentioned it, Robin. The, the stories are now infinite, whether it's. Mm-hmm. Marvel Comics, whether it's IDW, the Star Wars adventure stuff, another animated series, novels, all these characters that we know and love, they didn't have to just kill them off just so it would make sense for the rest of canon. I thought they did so good at that. Yeah, I think, Scott, that's one of the main focuses of everything that we've done here at Rebels Recap and what we do at the network is we take everything that Star Wars has given us. We take those stories and we bring them to the next level in terms of trying to figure out what they could do with it. Scott, I know you and I had a recent conversation on Talking Far, <laughs> Far Away about everything s- surrounding this conclusion to Star Wars Rebels. And you had mentioned to me something very interesting. And it was, of course, we see Ahsoka show up at the end in the very Gandalf-like outfit, which I thought was fantastic. Um, I think it's kind of like, wow, she is like this ultimate guardian in some way. Um, but we were talking about it, and, and you had mentioned to me, and you had said, well, you know what? Not only does this open up novels and possibility of films and television shows, but it you it allows the fans now to have a deeper conversation about these characters, looking from where we started to where it ends. I mean, it allows infinite possibilities of, of not just content for Lucasfilm, but content for us, the podcasters and the podcasting community. It certainly does. It takes uh, these characters to a whole new plane. I mean, let's talk about Thrawn again. Mm. 
I was just thinking, we've got the second book coming out, and if they do a third book, will it focus on post-Jedi, so that uh, Ezra and Thor are both together in this book? So that's what, I'm just going to give for example, that's what I would like to see that story, because I don't see it being done in animated form or movie form, I see this going into a book. Um, but yeah, there's, these characters, they can come in any form now. They're, they're there to be played with, um, unless they get Dave Flory's permission, of course. Right. <laughs> Which he's made a point that he, they have to ask him if they want, if they can use them. But yeah, I'm just trying to think where else we could take these characters. Um, the Ahsoka one is the most obvious one at the yeah. moment where we can take with her. I mean, they've done a book with her. He brought her back into Rebels from Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really think we're going to get more of Ahsoka. She's the... Out of all the animated stuff, other than the Rebels, she's the most recognisable character. Brian, let me throw it to you quickly on, on this part. You know, obviously, we, we keep saying it, Rebels has done such a fantastic job of wrapping everything up for us and giving us these conversations and, of course, future conversations, but... Do you have any theories or thoughts about where we could first see these characters come back into play? Have you have you been thinking about that at all as as we're wrapping this series up? Uh, you know what? I haven't. I think Ezra's going to be pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, we've talked about it over a year ago or so that as it became pretty apparent that he was kind of the Ahsoka of this this series, that there's more to play. And just like Ahsoka got even more popular after she reappeared in Rebels. I think if Ezra comes back in another medium, I think that will only help cement himself as, you know, a really good character in Star Wars. I know a lot of people didn't like him Mm -hmm. early on, and I think he really started to grow on people, and I saw you... I think you saw the best of him in this finale. Mm. The good that is within him. And even though he had that flirtation with Maul and the dark side... You know, at the end of season two and to the beginning part of season three, you know, he came back around. And, and I think because he was able to get past that, I think that's what makes him so interesting. But did you guys see the images? You know, obviously, we know that Filoni's a big Tolkien guy. Mm-hmm. And did you see the thing going around with, you know, obviously, people are kind of assuming that it, it's pretty easy to make the conclusion and saying Ahsoka the White, just like Gandalf right. the White, came back. But there was funny because somebody actually took a... Uh, the beginning part of Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, when uh, Frodo's talking to to Gandalf and, you know, saying you're late. Well, instead of, you know, a wizard appears exactly when he means to, it's like Ahsoka saying, well, a Tortuga <laughs> appears exactly when I mean to. <laughs> I just butchered the heck out of that. But I've been trying to look for it while we've been talking. I couldn't find it. But, you wow. know, I, I I love that. That 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 look on her is, is awesome. Oh, and God. yeah. You know, it gives us, I guess, Robin, to answer your question very long-windedly, I think the thing that I've been thinking the most about is even though Luke in The Last Jedi is saying, like, he's not going to be The Last Jedi, and it's going to be really hard to tie these animated characters back into the feature films. Mm. Although for most fans, we want to see it, but I think for the casual moviegoer, they probably don't know who Ahsoka is, unfortunately. Right. And for them to do that, I mean, they, they've done it pretty well with, a, you know, like Saw Gerrera and, you know, a couple other things where they've implemented it. But I don't think Ahsoka is a bit character. They'd have to, 
I'd love to see an Ahsoka spinoff film. I think it makes it even more likely that we could see that now, knowing that they could introduce her to Star Wars fandom at large, mm -hmm. the people that don't watch the animated shows, and I think that would be awesome. And they could set it... It could be her and Sabine, you know? How about a Sabine and Ahsoka live-action film, Looking yeah. for Ezra? That's yeah. something I would want to see. I'd see it as an animated series, but I'd, I'd certainly also watch it as a, you know, a, a two-hour feature film, too. Mm. Title it Looking for Ezra, too. I mean, then you're, you're talking about La La Land quality right there at that point. But, I mean, it, no, to be serious, it, it's... There's just so many different possibilities when it comes to what could actually happen here. And, Scott, one of the things that I always reflect on is that you know, obviously when Ahsoka shows up at the end and just how everything just came together. I'm going to even say it within that last two minutes of that show. I, I found myself the minute that Ahsoka popped up, I was like bawling, crying. It was just really hard. And I'm even having a tough time right now even thinking about it. She has meant so much to this universe. Her canon story means so much to the Star Wars fandom. And to now add Sabine, somebody who I thought personally was going to be put on the shelf by Filoni at the conclusion of season three specifically heading into season four and now coming back into the picture, uh, we have a Mandalorian in post return of the Jedi era. We actually have somebody from, you know, like, I guess you could say traditional Mandalorian background who is now going to be part of these adventures. And that's something Filoni mentioned as soon as he started this season. He said, you guys are going to get every everything that you want about Mandalorians and Mandalore itself. And just to see that play itself out is a conversation that you and I have been having for quite some time. And it's really, really exciting that now we're taking something that fans have always loved. You have the Mando merch. You have these great Mandalorian-based fan groups. Now they, ha they can now say, we got a Mando past, <laughs> you know, Return of the Jedi. We got somebody we can, we can be really proud of and uh, be part of this canon. I mean, you've been a big fan of Mandalorians uh, more than me, and just to see the character Sabine continue on from where she came from to where she is now, and you're right, we've had so much Mandalorian stuff throughout this entire series that to see it post-Jedi, see how Mandalore survives the the events of uh, Return of the Jedi and onwards, because we haven't seen it yet. Right. And I think if we're hoping, and I'm I'm hoping that the new animated series will be Sabine and Ahsoka, that we will get to see more of the Mandalorian society, to see how they've adapted and changed and post uh, Return of the Jedi. That's what I that's what I would like to see. Yeah, Brian, just just to kind of of course, you know, this this conversation has been fantastic, and we've we've really touched upon a lot of the emotional elements. I want to ask you this question. I guess we can go around and we can answer this question specifically. When looking at this wrap-up to Season 4 and, of course, this finale, what's going to be the moment that you're going to go back to and watch over and over that's just going to really hit you and is going to be your go-to moment? I, I mean, it's easy to say the epilogue, but it's funny. One of my favorite scenes in the whole, you know, of the, you know, almost hour-and-a-half finale, and I'm glad that Filoni actually mentioned it and Rebels Recon is kind of the unsaid communication between Ezra and Sabine mm. when they're in the Imperial Dome there. Yeah. And she like she knows she's like she's got to create the diversion. And there's something that Filoni said that I just think is we need more of this in fandom and just in 
in life in general. I know it's really popular right now to, you know, want to ship people together. And, you know, I think it's really cool. And I'm glad that we have that sectum of of fandom that we, you know, that people can use their creativity in, in that manner, too. But I think it was important. And I think it's important for young kids that are watching this to see that, you know, Ezra and Sabine basically ended up being like best friends. I mean, mm-hmm. those two characters grew up in this series together. You know, they were basically like brother and sister. And and mm-hmm. I think that was so cool that there didn't need to be like a romantic entanglement between the two of them that I think there's just a lot of mutual respect. And and I think that was really cool. I mean, so, yeah, I think that's probably something that I mean, the whole the whole finale was great. I have outside of my little qualms about that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think, you know, overall, I think they did. It was a master class from Lucasfilm and, and Filoni. So bravo, bravo. Scott, how about you? There's so much of this finale. Just try to narrow it down to one point. Come back to me. I'll come back to me. Come back to me. Oh, OK. So, Robin, what was yours? As much as I love the Thrawn piece and I love the idea of the Purgles taking him and bringing him elsewhere through their travel through hyperspace, I'm I'm gonna have to say the biggest piece for me was seeing, boy, and and this is tough for me to say, seeing Hera with her child, knowing that yeah. Kanan's legacy. I'm sorry, uh, Kanan's legacy was was carried on, and um, knowing that Hera has a piece of him still with her. And that Jason now is going to carry part of his father with him. And that, I mean, there's going to be an infinite amount of possibilities. We keep talking about it with what could that story be? And I know fans within the community have been discussing that. But when Hera looks over at him and it's it just comes full circle, it's like, wow. You know, she didn't really get the chance to say it at the right time to him. But there's still a piece of him that's sitting there that uh, Hera can kind of reflect upon and really uh just just emotionally we can we can look at and say you know what Kanan is still with us in the end and Hera can can still be at peace with what what happened to Kanan at the same time because there's still his blood there Scott do you have an idea here cuz I'm I'm yeah. about to I'm going to I'm going to have to get some tissues right, right back to me yeah I think amazes when just seeing like people of the fall taking on what was left of the empire you know, they right. finally are free from the tyranny that this the empires put them through. That's that's for me. It's just like it felt kind of um, Return of the Jedi ending there. You know, like they're all on the street cheering and right. celebrate the fact that the empires gone. So that for me is like heartwarming to see that you know they were treated, the rebels were treated like enemies, and they came and freed the people. And you see them cheering and standing up against the empire at the end. Brian, it's the whole reason we did Rebels recap, right? Just to get emotional and to <laughs> really enjoy the series throughout the its entirety. I mean, when we started to when we we finished. I mean, I'm, you know, I think I think fandom has even further embraced rebels. I think all of the friendships and everything that people have developed over this series. You know, if I look back and and I didn't have the benefit of watching the Clone Wars uh, while it was on. You know, I've I've since gone through on Netflix. But if you were to ask me which one I would prefer, it's going to be Rebels every time. I just, I love the characters. I love that it was new characters. 
you know, obviously there's some really cool badass Jedi in the Clone Wars with Anakin and Obi-Wan and stuff. And it's really cool to see what happened in between episode two and three. But give me Rebels every day of the week. Yeah, yeah I can't I can't say that any better. Scott, <laughs> any final thoughts here uh, as we uh, conclude and wrap up what is Rebels recap? The uh, final look at uh, season four here. I have to give you. Agree with Brian on that. I would go with Rebels anytime. They gave us brand new characters that were not in the Clone Wars. Whereas the Clone Wars had Anakin Obi Wan, which we had known in the movies. And these characters were characters that were there in every episode that we could get attached to and go on this journey with them. And I'm glad we got that journey with them. And also, I must point out, I love the last shot of the painting. Give me a photo frame or something with that. <laughs> I want that on my wall. It's on my desktop computer already, but I want that as a full-blown picture on my wall somewhere. It's absolutely gorgeous. There's so many different elements of this season that I think we all reflect upon. Gentlemen, before I finally wrap this thing up here, I just got to say something. You know, Rebels Recon, when I saw it and everybody was reflecting on their favorite moments from, from Star Wars Rebels, it made me so happy that everybody loved AP5 floating out in space and singing. Uh, that, oh, that made me the happiest yeah. man seeing that. Big shout out to Stephen Stanton, of course, um, and AP5, the character. That, that was, I have to admit, looking back, that had to be one of my favorite episodes. Obviously, it's been uh, a staple here at BrickCityBlockade.com Podcast Network, and we want to thank everybody for purchasing their AP5 or Rebels musical t-shirts and Thank you to Stephen Stanton for, of course, bringing that character into the picture. Um, it's been a fantastic journey. It's been so much fun. Brian, you're the one who said, hey, how about we do some uh, some, some recap on these uh, little TV shows called Star Wars Rebels. And the fandom has embraced it, and we thank you all for everything that you've done. Brian, I don't know if you have any kind of statement for the fans, but... It was it was fun to interact with everybody and for us to share all of our rambling thoughts about it. And just more often than not... I mean, we do this because it's fun and, you know, it was just great to talk to each of you about this and, and to talk with our listeners and a lot of our great, uh, you know, listeners that are, you know, really interactive and, and you know, like a, a Dave Hackerson and you know, Andrew Garish and just, you know, I could go on and on and on. But the, the fact that it resonated with a lot of people, I mean, that's really kind of what got our our little podcast network up off the ground. So I, I'm always going to look back fondly at, uh, at Star Wars Rebels for that. So thank you to both of you and to thank you to our fans and listeners. Scott, thank you for all the times that you had to stay up late and uh, record with us, uh, of course, being over the pond there. Uh, any last uh, thoughts for the fans uh, as we wrap up this episode? Really just, it's been glad to talk to you guys and made new friends out of it and talk to everybody else about it and getting interact with people that's really what this has all been about just kind of talking to people about rebels and star wars and just meeting new people that's what that's what this show's given me yeah it's been a fantastic journey with these two gentlemen i cannot say it enough we want to thank all of you for all that you've done for the brickcityblockade.com podcast network and for rebels recap tuning in every time making sure to share your opinions across social media. It's been a journey. It's been a fantastic ride. Um, of course, we're not done yet. I'm not saying that, you know, oh, that's it. We're cutting the cord on Brick City. That's it. Rebels recap is done. No, guys, there's so much more content in the near future. Whatever Dave Filoni announces or whatever Star Wars wants to do for another series or anything, guess what? Brick City is going to be there the entire time. 
To use a Firefly and Serenity reference, you can't stop the signal. And we've also got the John Farfield show coming, so... (laughs) (laughs) Way to add on to it, Scott. I like it. Way to be reviewing that, no doubt. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, gentlemen, I think we can call it a wrap on this episode. However, it wouldn't be a full wrap. It's a wrap without actually saying those words. You know what I'm talking about. It's a little thing we like to call. That's right. All right, Mr. Scott Inch, where can the good people find you across social media? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Scott Inch or on Twitter at Scott Inch 85. Mr. Fontaine? Jedi Scavenger SW on Twitter and Instagram. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Vote Tweets. Please make sure to head on over to Instagram. Follow all of my sad pictures filled with tear emojis uh, concerning Star Wars Rebels at the official vote. Head on over to www.brickcityblockade.com to listen to all the episodes, find great content surrounding that galaxy far, far away. Please also make sure to head on over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button. Also, make sure to check us out on all the other fantastic podcasting platforms. We're talking about Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, however you want to listen to us. We're there for you all the time. And, of course, head on over to Public and pick up one of those awesome t-shirt designs that we have out there. Just added the newest one, which I'm I'm quite happy about. That's going to be a, that's a fantastic design. I, I I hope everybody enjoys it, picks it up, and supports the podcast network in that way. Well, we want to thank all of you once again for joining us here on Rebels Recap. Doing the sign off here. We'll talk to you all very very soon. And as we always like to say, may the force be with you. Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs>